So I used to coach junior varsity wrestling for Finley High School. And we did a lot of traveling around, particularly the Toledo area. And as we went from competition to competition, I remember this one church sign that we drove past as we were riding together inside of the bus. And it gave some of the most thought-provoking insight in the words that it presented. And it was unique, so bear with me, but it said, Honk if you love Jesus. Okay? Text if you want to meet him. <laughs> Think about that a minute. <laughs> There's truth to that statement, but it's nice to see things that lift our spirits. And that was one of those moments. And I, I think there's a particularly rough tournament. So it was nice being able to see those words to fill my heart and to give me some joy at that time. God wants us to have joy. And that's what our topic is today. When you're hearing good, the good news about Jesus Christ, we should rejoice. And rejoicing is the expression of joy that we have already inside of our hearts. If you recall today's children's lesson, the fruit of the Spirit includes joy. We should always remember to rejoice because God's goodness shines through us and in all that he does for us. In Philippians chapter 3, uh, we read Paul's words where he says, Rejoice in the Lord. It was only because of God that Timothy was being sent to Philippi. It was only because of God that Epaphroditus was healed. And these were things that Paul was setting the stage with to let the people know that God is working amongst you. These things should be bringing you Lots of happiness. Epaphroditus almost died, and yet God preserved his life. Timothy was a great encourager, and he was sending him to the Philippian people to bring them encouragement. And yet, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 2, which is the very next verse, he goes on to say, Watch out for dogs. Watch out for evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. It gives us warnings about what believers should be prepared to encounter as there are many people in the world who seek to steal your joy. I remember hearing a story about two people. One of them was filled with joy all the time, happy guy, positive attitude. The other one was a real stick in the mud. Uh, if it was a sunny day, the guy who was a stick in the mud would say, ah, it's too hot. And if it was a beautiful snow-covered day, he'd be like, ah, it's too cold. So he's never really satisfied with what was going on. But these two people actually happened to be friends. And so the man who had the positive attitude decided he was going to take his negative buddy and his dog, his own dog, that is, uh, duck hunting one day. And so they're out on the pond, they're hunting ducks. The guy who has the good attitude takes aim, takes a shot, hits a duck, but it falls all the way other on the other side of the pond. And the guy with the bad attitude scoffs because of the bad luck that they're having that day. Well, the positive man said, don't worry about it. I train my dogs and my dog to be able to retrieve ducks when this sort of thing happens. So the man whistles, a dog runs on top of the water, across it, retrieves the duck, brings it back to the boat, 
and gives the dog a smile of approval, letting him know he did a good job. But the man who was the stick in the mud just couldn't see the good in the situation, and he laughed. Ha! I knew it. Your dog doesn't even know how to swim. <laughs> Do you know anyone who's like that? Someone who is always trying to find the negative, the dreary in all the circumstances. People sometimes enjoy pointing out the thorns and a bouquet of roses. So Jerry, thanks for getting us paper towels to cover those. <laughs> they enjoy complaining when God is in their midst and clearly at work. They are critical and do not even seek to find the work that God is doing among them. We aren't to be those people. The scripture we read today refers to them as dogs who are trying to rob Christians of their joy. Paul tells Christians not to listen to such people. They believe that faith was not enough, but that you also had to be circumcised in order to receive God's approval. Paul said that all of this was nonsense. Mutilating the flesh was not necessary to receive God's love. You see, the dogs that Paul was referring to were not the pagans. The dogs were religious folk who believed that their traditions, their lineage, and their reputations made them better than other Christians. What Paul said in response to their arrogance was incredible. He said, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. He goes on to list off all of the merits that he has from a spiritual standpoint as it pertains to the law of the Old Covenant, basically the only standard they had to judge by at the time, and showed how he stands out above all these people who are trying to hold their religious clout over the rest of the Christian body. And instead of actually doing that himself and holding his clout above them, he makes this statement in verse 7. Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Powerful words. So everything that he had accomplished, whether academically, religiously, or just in general spiritually, he considered every little bit of it to be loss and not to be held over people's heads because he knew the debt that he owed Jesus Christ and the debt that Jesus Christ paid off for him. Whatever merit we think we gain through past experience, achievements, or even through birthright need to be discarded. We get to participate in a faith that encourages us to have joy and to build others up. To this day, there are still Christians that believe such bodily mutilation grants access to spiritual superiority. But that is not what we need in order to come to God himself. We must embrace the gospel message. Jesus came to save the world. The only requirement is that we must believe in him. He was born. He lived among us. He was God in the flesh, performed miracles, died, rose again. He defeated sin and death once for all. And that is why we can have joy. 
We must not miss the blessings that God puts in our lives as believers. He is always at work, even inside of the church. I remember quite a, about a year and a half ago, during the first year that I served here at Faith Presbyterian, uh, there was a Sunday where I had to take off and uh, somebody had to fill the pulpit for me at that time. And uh, my mentor, Pastor Ken Wessler, actually knew the gentleman. And uh, after uh, the service sometime, uh, they coordinated with each other. And uh, the guy who filled in said that there are only six people who attended church that Sunday. I was then asked by Ken, he said, do you really only have six people attending church on Sundays? Today, I look around and see over five or six times as many people filling the seats in our church. In fact, I know of some Sundays where we've had near 50 people. And that's not to boast. That's not something that anybody particularly is doing, but rather that is God at work. That is God's timing. And we need to put our hope our faith and our trust in God and the work that he is doing through each one of us here at Faith Presbyterian Church. Okay. In fact, as we start our life group Bible studies, I see that number even increasing more because we start reaching out to neighbors and friends and family and we're able to share God's goodness with them. That he wants us to be in community and continue to build the community of faith even beyond these walls. He most certainly wants us to be absolutely in love with him. And as we continue to show God that we are going to remain faithful to him, blessings will flow as God's faithfulness will just pour over from our lives into the lives of those we are reaching out to. He is faithful. He will fill our hearts with purpose and with joy which will be contagious to those around us. We need contagious faith. We all want contagious faith. In fact, when I think about that, an image comes to my mind of uh, years back when Jaden was just a little baby. And uh, I told some cheesy joke. I don't know. I guess I'm known for cheesy jokes. And uh, Jaden, he didn't have a clue as to what I said. He was probably too young to understand uh, the joke, but he understood the tone of my voice and how I sound when whenever Melissa would laugh, and so he started laughing. And we thought that was hilarious, and he was laughing, so we started laughing, and as we started laughing, he laughed harder, and so when he started laughing harder, we thought that was even funnier, so we laughed harder. So it was just contagious until finally this, the cycle just kept on going until we forgot why on earth. It, I don't even remember the joke. We, didn't, we don't remember why we were laughing. So um, that's the type of faith that we want to have, just this ongoing cycle of faith, but the difference is we'll never forget why we are filled with joy. We will never forget why we are rejoicing. John 15, 4 tells us this. this is, these are the words of Jesus. He said, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Then it goes on in verse 11 to say, I have told you this because I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Please join me in a word of prayer.
Heavenly Father, as we think about our relationship to you, we know that we did not first love you, but you first loved us. You reached out to us. You caught us out of a dark and hopeless world. Through your love, through your calling, you've given us purpose. And to fulfill that purpose, you empowered us through your Holy Spirit to do things that we wouldn't be able to do and to be motivated in ways that we wouldn't otherwise be motivated. Father God, you want us to be filled with joy knowing that you are with us to the very end of the age and that you will never depart from us. We praise you, God, that you are always faithful, that you always love us, that you have the best intentions for us, but not just the best intentions, Lord, you are guiding us toward a great end and a reunion with you. Father God, we praise you for your love. We rejoice, Lord, knowing that we serve the King of the universe, the creator of all things. Lord, let this be a day of rejoicing. Let it be your day of memory. And Lord, let it just launch this new week that you have given us. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.